What's up, nerds and nerdettes? This is the podcast where everyone knows your name. Cheers to ya. Cheers to ya. I'm Josh. And I'm Tyler, and this is 30 and Nerdy, and we are coming at you again from the Fortress of Nerditude with yours truly, the registered nerd practitioner, the founder of Nerdlich himself, that'd be me, the Mac. And as always, it's great to be joined by my co-host, the Juicy One, the Nerdtorious JLD, with his PhD in Nerdology, Dr. Davis himself. Who is still 29. Okay. I'll allow that because you only have like a couple of weeks I only do it a couple more that. times. It's a sad time in my yeah. life. So uh, I'll allow it for this one. Um, and for those of you listening again, thank you very much. Uh, it means a lot, all the new subscriptions and follows and likes that we get uh, week in and week out. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, Radio Public, and of course we have a YouTube channel. And please, if you have any questions or comments, you can send those at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. And we are, of course, on social media like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and we have a pretty cool website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. Check it out. If you're listening for the first time, first of all, welcome. Mm-hmm. And second of all, where have you been? Mm. In a rock. Under a rock. Must be. And if you're returning, welcome back. Welcome back. We love you. Yes. We'd love to have you. So, hey, th- this week on the show, I'm really excited because we're going to do all our typical stuff, what you're watching. We're going to have a nerd word. We're going to talk about the news from this week. And we are going to do a special... Break it down of Stranger Things 2. We had so much fun with Stranger yes. Things 1, and we decided to do it again for Season 2. Yes. And there's a lot of excitement about Season 3 that, that comes out in the next few days, yeah. 4th of July. Oh, man. I'm, I'm so stoked. we decided, hey, no time like the present, yeah. Stranger Things 2. So everybody break out your egos, sit back, relax, yes. and let's let's have some fun with that. <laughs> I'm very excited for this episode. And uh, so, brother, how have you been? You know, I've I've been pretty pretty well, man. I I went to Memphis this past week. Yeah. Uh went to uh you know, see the sights, ate some good food, heard some good music. Uh I went to the uh National Civil Rights Museum, which was let me tell you. That was really something everyone needs to experience that. Mm-hmm. It's located in the Lorraine Motel, which is actually the motel that Martin Luther King Jr was was killed yeah yeah so you can go and you can see into the room that he stayed in you can see out the window on the porch they have a reef hanging there where he was shot it it's totally indescribable everyone should see that uh of course went to graceland uh Mm -hmm. went to went to see the king so had a great time so how about you man you've had a a busy uh Uh, it's been a crazy weekend uh we uh opened mama mia and I believe just in this weekend we had a little over a thousand people see the show. Good night in the morning. Yeah, um, very successful, very energetic. Um, 
it did not go without yet another injury to myself. Um, and I haven't told you about this one, but I dislocated my thumb. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of so course it's, you did. Uh, it's uh, pretty fun. Um, I think I said this last week, but it's no joke. The theater is a dangerous place, man. <laughs> you got to have your your wits about you when you step up in there. It is. Uh, but it's, you know, it's basically just getting used to the soreness and... Uh, I mean, people have just turned out in droves, and they're singing along. Of course, Good. it's ABBA, and they're getting up, and they're dancing, and they're having a blast, and the cast is having fun, too. I mean, when you see the audience having as much fun as that, then you can't help but smile and have fun. Yeah, there, there's a really special connection between the performers and a live audience. That's mm-hmm. why there's nothing like, like theater. You know, movies and TV and all that stuff, of course, are great, and we love them, but there's nothing like live no, theater. Yeah. and. You feed so much as a performer off of the energy from the audience. So if you're someone who goes to a lot of shows, keep this in mind. The more energy that you have and the more excited you are, the more you're going to get from the performers. And and we just eat it up. Yeah. I mean, uh, however, today it's our our buddy Brent. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Brent. 20 years old. Young lad. We were out to eat at Texas Roadhouse, and i got to tell you this story. Um... We're talking about different people's birthdays. Because, like, there, at the same time we were celebrating Brant's, there was probably 12 other people's birthday going on. Or they just wanted the free thing. Yeah, or they just wanted the free thing in the song. Um, So, we're talking about each other's birthdays, and my buddy Andrew Alder is sitting beside me, and he's trying to guess my birthday. And, you know, February, August. And he's just getting it wrong, and finally he gets April right, and he just starts saying, one, two three, four, and then he Great guess. <laughs> went to like 15 or something, and I just looked at him. I think Madison, my girlfriend, mouthed it to him, but he said, oh, the 10th. And then uh, she says, mine's Star Wars Day. And just without missing a beat, he goes, May 1st? And I hit the floor. I was just like, I had had a nerd explosion in my head. I mean, my my brain blew up. I just freaked out for like 10 seconds and had this stroke. And he just goes, I'm just playing with you, man. It's May the 4th. I know that. That's awesome. I was just like, dude, you... You almost just had the full wrath of the nerd nation well, come after you. You certainly don't want to have a nerd no, explosion. you don't want a nerd explosion. That sounds dangerous. It was painful, but I mean, it it was it was funny afterwards. You know, everybody laughed, and uh, I said, "I'm I'm bringing that up on the episode." You remember that scene in the office when Jim was trying to get a rise out of Dwight, and he was talking like he kept mixing up Star Trek and Harry Potter yes. and Star Wars yes. and Lord of the Rings and stuff and like Battle that. Star Galactica yeah. and all that. Yes. He was trying to see if he could get a rise out of him. I mean, he he did it. <laughs> he he wow. succeeded. I about came out that chair. <laughs> I would have too. God, can you imagine if I'd been there? Oh man, if you'd have been there, you'd have been like, uh, "Son, uh, you better <laughs> pack a lunch because I'm taking you to school." <laughs> but so, it was fun. It was fun. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, I, I just mentioned. Did you get any feedback from last week's mega episode? Um, yeah, a lot of people liked it. Um, yeah. and the views and on our podcast hosting site people are listening to it still like crazy Good. and loving it and i'm getting some feedback one uh a guy on the show steven smith who we know mm-hmm. done shows with him uh he said i only have one thing to say to you and i was like oh what and he goes you would keep lord of the rings over star wars and i was like 
Wow. I well, didn't ex- I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's you got to think like Stephen Smith he he grew up with Star Wars. With yeah. You know, like the when Star it came, Wars. yeah. So it's a lot closer to him. Not that it's not super close to us, but yeah. it's a lot closer to his heart, I think, than than to us. And then, like, Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings was our generation. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's like an impossible question to it answer. It really, really is. Like, I mean, it's, it's unfair, it's an unfair to have been asked that question. To have so. to answer. So, you sent me a text today. You got attacked again. Yeah. When mowing. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you always know how to cheer me up. Because I've been in such a terrible mood. I was mowing my yard. I got attacked again. I got five stings today. <laughs> so, I finally just gave up. And I was having technical issues here with the podcast stuff. And then you dropped this nerd explosion on me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad I could... Br- Nobody makes you laugh like, quite like I do. <laughs> I guess so. So, so uh, yeah. We're going to get to all of our fun stuff on this episode after... A word from some of our sponsors. Yeah, all right. It's summertime. Join us in the romantic island of Calicari in Encore Theatrical's hit summer show, Mamma Mia. This show is full of energy and sure to get you dancing. Mamma Mia is presented through special arrangement with Musical Theater International. Performances are July 5th through the 7th. Friday and Saturday start at 8 p.m. and Sunday starts at 2 p.m. The show will be held in the James D. Swan Performing Arts Center in Jefferson County High School in Dandridge, Tennessee. You can reserve your tickets by calling 423-318-8331. For more information, you can like Encore Theatrical on Facebook or check them out at www.etcplays.org. We hope to see you there where it's not just theater, it's Encore. Here we are talking about Stranger Things once again, and it makes me think about Eleven, you know? If if Eleven lived in Morristown, she would probably want to visit our friend Zach at Advertising Expressions, because Zach could make a shirt for her that says, I heart egos, or something like that. But you can get a shirt like that too if you want. Or you can get it with anything you want on it because Zach can create any sort of image or design or what have you on any sort of thing. Shirts, bags, hats, anything you can think of. You can contact Zach at 423-586-3270. You can visit him at 2103 Morningside Drive here in Morristown, Tennessee. Or go to his website, www.advertising-expressions.com. Tell him 30 and nerdy sent you. He'll get you taken care of. And we're back. And you know what, Tyler? I am so anxious for you to talk nerdy to me. Absolutely, I will. Came up with a word for this week's episode. Nerddom. Uh-huh. Kind of like, you know, uh, like in all of the kingdom. Uh-huh. Well, we would say... In, never in the history of nerddom or anything like that. Yeah. Nerddom's like the all-encompassing world, history, everything that is nerd is mm. in the nerddom. And maybe it's like an umbrella term for like Lord of the Rings nerddom. Yes. Star Wars nerddom. Yes. Like fandom. Yes. Oh. Uh, for instance, if I use an example, I would say, never in the history of nerddom has anyone truly embodied a character like RDJ as Iron Man. True that. So, that's your nerd word for the week. Use it in a sentence, use it in a conversation, um, and see how people react to it. And tell them where you heard it. Yeah. 
And if they give you a weird look like this person is a crazy person and I don't want to talk to him anymore, don't tell them that you heard it from us. Yes, yes. Tell them you heard it from like somebody else or something. Your great aunt. Tilly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think it's time to return to our infamous segment, What You Watching? And once again, we are, we are not... Uh, on our A game, we don't have any recommendations for something for you to watch. It's it's been a long week. Tyler here's been in his uh, dress rehearsals for his big show. I've been out of town uh, to Memphis, so once again, we're just going to offer some suggestions of some podcasts that you may like. I'll start with uh, one of my favorite podcasts. It's called Fat Man Beyond. It used to be called Fat Man on Batman. Uh, it's a show hosted by Kevin Smith. And um, it's it's in a, a bar in L.A. called the Scum and Villainy Cantina, and it's all Star Wars themed. And they get together, you know, once a week or so, depending on what Kevin Smith's schedule is like. And they just kind of like we do, they talk about recent news in in the nerd world. Um, they take questions. They do a lot of um, like scenarios of like, who would you choose to play this character in this movie if it were ever a thing? You know, stuff yeah. like that. Really fun stuff. So if you're a big nerd like us, check out Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith. Lots of great stuff on there. I look forward to it every week. Yeah. Um, this week I have. Well, obviously I've been watching Stranger Things too. We both sure. have to yeah. get ready for this episode. So. And between Tech Week and the show, I've not really had any time to listen to watch anything else. But I have started listening to another DC-based podcast, and I understand that sounds biased, but it's called the Suicide Squadcast. Interesting. Yeah, and it's it's all about the DC universe. And let me tell you, um, they tear it apart. I mean, they're DC fans. And they're not happy. <laughs> so uh, mm, give it a listen. They're uh, pretty. They're two guys like us. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds pretty cool. Uh, I think they've uh, done two or three episodes lately, just leading into this three different universes that DC's starting on, and it's just—it's kind of a mess right now. It's a wow wow moment. Yeah. So uh, yeah, give them a listen. Suicide Squadcast. And I promise that next week. We will have something to watch yes, <laughs> for you. Yes, we will. We watch will definitely, too. definitely find something to recommend to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think with that, it's about time for the news. For the news. So there's not a whole lot of interesting stuff going on this no. week. One big headline that we saw was Michael B. Jordan uh, is yes. apparently in talks to. To be in the new Matrix movie. Yeah. Uh, we don't know if it's a trilogy. A uh, reboot. A uh, reboot or what. I, I mean, you know, everybody's just dying to get another Matrix movie. I mean, I some, probably, in all honesty, I could have just had that one. I think so, too. The first one some was Some people probably, we're sarcastic about it, but some people probably yeah, really would be really, really excited. excited about it. Like, I like The Matrix okay, but some people are, yeah. Yeah. Diehard fans of the Matrix, and if it were a reboot of the Neo storyline, I'd be a little upset because I'd be like, "It's really not that old." Yeah, you know, you really want to reboot something something this soon? Yeah. Uh, So hopefully, it's like a different area continuation. Yeah, like a continuation. Hopefully, Uh, maybe it's Fishburne's son. Who would he play? Morpheus. Maybe it's Morpheus's son. That'd be interesting. You know, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Also. uh, 
some sad news for the X-Men universe. Oh, no. In the past, uh, I think it was two weeks, 44% of movie theaters across our country have pulled Dark Phoenix from theaters. 44%? 44% due Ouch. to them losing money. Because obviously they have to pay. Yeah. The networks. And if nobody's sitting in the seats, then they're just losing money on this movie sitting in their theater. Do you remember what the what the crowd was like when we saw it? It was light. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Avengers, but mm-hmm. it definitely it definitely wasn't like that night in Batman I mean, we versus saw Superman. It. Oh yeah, Maybe we, we were, were the, the only, only two ones. in the theater. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. We saw it opening weekend, didn't we? Yes, yeah, that's right. Like Saturday yeah. of opening weekend. That's a shame, man. It really. And I, I hate that, that it out went like out that. that way, but but you know, in my honest opinion, if I knew you're going out, if you know that the Disney merger is going to happen before you even release your movie and while you're still in production, I'd give ever I'd give the fans what they want. Yeah, I would have given them Sinister. I would have had it like a big last stand, like Death of the X Men, mm-hmm. because okay, this is the last X Men movie. We mm-hmm. might as well kill them off. Like this is. You know, to save the world, they sacrificed themselves. But they gave us a recycled story. And the problem is, is the director was a scriptwriter and producer on The Last Stand. So this was his second opportunity to do the Dark Phoenix storyline. And he failed again. Ouch. So, yeah, 44% of the country pulling the movie out of their theaters... That's sad. Yeah. And and it really stinks for the legacy of the X-Men. Sure. But your homeboys at MCU, I'm sure, you know, in a few years, they'll make us forget this they'll, dark day. They'll do it right for sure, I think. They will. Uh, and speaking of the MCU, um, Kevin Feige had an interview saying that they will be bringing Deadpool uh, pretty soon into the MCU. Sooner Great than success. most of the other. Yes. And he is the only person coming from Fox they're keeping. Ryan Reynolds is they're not gonna oh, recast. Yeah. Well he's too perfect. Yeah, he's too perfect. But they're gonna make him a PG thirteen version. Mm. Um Diehard Deadpool fans, the people that we've loved Deadpool since they finally got him right with Ryan Reynolds in these past two movies, you know, that sounds bad, but there's some, some comedy gold there, I think. Cause, you know, he's the fourth wall breaker. Mm-hmm. So he will know that he's not the original, like he'll know he's different. Yeah, there's sure. some fun to be had there. They and can do some stuff. If you look back to, I guess it was the first Deadpool movie. Yes, there was a, a moment where, like, there was a shot of of the toy of the Deadpool from, from the, the really bad yeah. Wolverine version, and he kind of made a joke about that. So I think it'd be reasonable. That I mean, he even in the sequel goes and kills Ryan Reynolds in different oh, that's upper, right. in different moments of that. history. So yeah. it's like. He's all-knowing, so he'll know that he can't say yeah. these words. He'll know that he's Disney now. So there's some comedy genius <sighs> For there. For sure. I mean, it'll be different yeah. than the others, but that... But it'll diff- still be Deadpool. Different doesn't mean bad, though. Yeah. So I think we as need to As long as they don't bring back zombie Deadpool, then, yeah. then we're fine. Now, I never saw... They re-released Deadpool 2 uh, with the title Once, Once Upon a Deadpool, yeah. and it was PG-13. And I have not seen that, but I heard that it really... St- yeah. was just as good. It was just as good, just, so. you know, not rated R. A little, so, little more tame. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, uh, also, um, speaking of Disney, again, yeah. uh, Melissa McCarthy, uh, hilarious, love her, is in talks of t- playing Ursula mm-hmm. in the... Uh, mm-hmm. Little Mermaid live action. 
Yes, mm-hmm. uh, and the live action of Little Mermaid, you know, because we need that. Yeah, well, Rebooting why not? of an original If story. there's a market for it, why not? Sure. I would have, uh, I would, you know, we, we shared it on our Facebook page. Yeah. And it's gotten a lot of, like, people putting in their opinion. And there's mm-hmm. a couple of really cool opinions in there, like, you know, use a guy. Yeah. You know, to make, to add have that. Have play and drag. Yeah. Um, and that's not a bad idea. No, I um, can see it. I could definitely see that. Um, but, you know, Melissa McCarthy does good stuff. So, But I don't... Even though the live-action Disney remakes are based on cartoons, I, I don't... I feel like they'll go for a more realistic approach. I hope. Well, I mean, change it some. Go yeah. for a realistic so I, approach. I can see Melissa McCarthy. But at the same time, I would really enjoy having a, an Ursula in drag. You yeah. know? I don't know. I, I don't know that it'll happen. But Disney's pretty progressive. They are getting so more at the and more same time, also. I could see them being like, "Yeah, we're gonna go with this." So yeah. I'll, you know me, I'll be happy well, I mean, either way. I know that for the past few years, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan's been vying for that aerial spot. Oh <laughs> I was no! Like, as long as they don't cast her, <laughs> I oh. mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see the cast start. I don't, coming I out. don't know a lot about Lindsay Lohan except she's had all sorts of issues. Yeah. throughout her life bless her heart but i remember that she was on saturday night live a few years ago and i saw it and i thought it was probably the worst thing i'd ever seen i was really uncomfortable and embarrassed for her oh she, she, was, she was messed up yeah too she you can tell she's messed up uh so that's about all we have for this week uh that's your uh weekly nerd news All right, guys, and now we are to what you came to hear, and we are going to break it down on Stranger Things Season 2. That's right. I'm really excited to talk about Stranger Things 2. I had a great time watching Stranger Things 1 and doing the show on that, and you know, if you remember, I had said it was kind of like watching it for the first time because I didn't remember any of it. Yeah. Same thing with season two because when season two came out, it was in the fall of 2017. Mm-hmm. My daughter was born in September, so I was uh, like yes. in. I was new dad with a yeah. newborn baby while I was watching that show. Yeah. So I really didn't remember any of it at all. So again, like watching it for the first time, and I loved it just as much as season one. And I do want to mention, I would be remiss if I did not say I mentioned uh, my friend Glenn Ellen who had a small role in season one yes. she's also a really talented musician guys so you should look her up her name's Glenn Ellen Anderson check out some of her music she does great stuff I just wanted to make sure to plug that uh, but yeah season two Stranger Things uh, if you remember at the end of season one you know they find Will they rescue him uh, everything seems to be okay and hunky dory mm-hmm. until like the last scene of the season Will goes to the bathroom he's standing there in the mirror he has like a little flash of the upside down. Yes. And then the next thing we know, he's throwing up slug, slug. slugs in the sink there. Yes. And then that's where they leave us. Yeah. And so, much like, you know, the Stranger Things writers like to do, the Duffer mm-hmm. Brothers, they like to leave us with these little cliffhangers. You little know, hooks. you think everything is, is you know, good. And there's one little thing that leaves that door open. Of, yeah. Oh, there could be something yeah. more going on. So... Uh, we start out season two. It's one year later, and I think the first thing that we see is a, a van driving down the road, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this group of kids in the van, 
and we see that one of them has special powers. Yes. And she is one of the children. Yes, and she has a tattoo, 008. She's number eight. So she can do like these weird uh, Jedi mind trick type mm-hmm. things. She makes people see things that aren't really there. Illusions, right? Yes. Isn't there a superhero that does that named Mirage from the Marvel Universe? There is. So you mean it's been done before and oh, somebody's reusing an old idea? A show that you love? Jeez Louise. Much like you, I'm you know, sure complain a DC about character Disney. who does it too. Okay. I just wanted to point it out. <laughs> so so she can she can do this thing where she makes the, the guy that's driving the the, the police Cop cruiser. Car, yeah. yeah. He thinks that the the tunnel that they're going through is falling down, but it's really <laughs> not. Because the other guy gets out and is yelling at him. I'm like, why are you yelling at this guy, man? Yeah. He just saved your life. And then we see that it was all even fake. happened. Yes. Yeah. So crazy. And she's uh, got the nosebleed too. Yep. So definitely a connection to Eleven there. Uh, so let's talk about where all of our heroes are now a year later. Uh, Dustin, I think he's the first note that I have here. He's he's looking for coins in his house, I guess. Yeah. His mom is off work from Litchfield Prison, because you might recognize her from Orange is the New Black. So <laughs> Netflix likes to keep it in the family. They like to have everybody stay on all the Netflix shows. So he's looking for coins and stuff to go to the arcade. We see uh, over at Will's house, not Will, uh, Mike's house. Yeah. He busts up Nancy's piggy bank. Nancy's really upset about yeah. losing her dollar and 73 said, cents or whatever it I'll was. I'll pay you back. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Winona Ryder, Joyce, she's a little overprotective of her son, Will. Rightfully so, right? Dropping him <laughs> off at the arcade. And she's like, okay, if you feel weird about anything, you call me. You be right out here at 8 o'clock or whatever it was, right? Yeah. You know, I can't say I blame her. Well, and, I mean, after the year they had. <laughs> yeah. And so they're all meeting up at the arcade like kids in the 80s would do, right? Uh, and the arcade looks so cool. Dude, I mean, know, it was very nostalgic. Yeah, like, arcades are definitely an 80s thing. I did, I'm sure we both played in arcades and stuff, but yeah. not like in the 80s, you know? No. They're not as common in our childhood. No, they're not as common. It was more of like a, a side factor at yeah. something else you were at. Like, yeah. if you were in Pigeon Forge, you know... Hey, there's an arcade here. Sure. Or if you were at the skating rink, Twilight. Oh, there's four yeah. or five arcade games. Too. And growing up and going to Easttown Mall, they had a big arcade there yeah. across from the movie theater. And that, I mean, like most things in that mall, it's gone. But arcades are, are rare now. They are. It's got to be a big touristy place where there's already a lot of people. You mm-hmm. know. But the kids are playing Dragon's Lair. Have you ever played that game? I have. Uh, I got it was there when I was a kid, and Twilight Skating Rink was like the place to go as a kid. Uh, it they had Dragon's Lair, yeah, uh, and it didn't last long. It was gone pretty quickly and replaced with Lord. I'm pretty sure it was Star Wars Pinball. Oh, that wow. they brought in and no, 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 Indiana Jones Pinball. Oh, it was Indiana okay. Jones Pinball. Um, but yeah, I'd never played Dig Dug either. Now, I played that on the computer before, but okay. I'd never played Dragon's Lair ever. I've heard a lot about it here. It's really yeah. difficult. People get really frustrated with it, but I well, would I mean, really Dustin, like to play it. Dustin's frustrated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's cussing that, you know, arcade console <laughs> yeah. out. Um, but I was watching the... There's another little series on Netflix called Beyond Stranger Things, and it's where the cast and the writers and everybody get together, and they just talk about stuff. And they talk about the parallels of... You know, Dragon's Lair, you're trying to rescue the princess. And Lucas and Dustin are arguing about, you know, who gets, who the, gets princess. the princess. And then we meet Max a little bit later on. Mad and that, Max. there's a little 
triangle there. What's, yes. she, what's she so mad about? She's angry. She is. Mad well, Max? I mean, well, oh, we well, find out her, later. Yeah, yeah, she comes find from, out later. Yeah. So, uh, they have a little, you know, love triangle there. And so, those were parallels. And I never caught that. Yeah. Until they brought it up. So, thought that was pretty cool. So, those are the kids uh, where, where they're yeah, at right and, now. And Mike is, is somewhat still depressed, reeling from the loss of Eleven. Yeah, he's missing uh, Eleven. And, uh, you know, like there's that scene where he's just sitting there on the the walkie-talkie. Eleven? Still Eleven? A year later. 383 yeah, days something or something like that. Like that. He's still just... Like he's out there, he's hanging out with them. Yeah. But you can just see it on his face that he's not there. He's he's sad. Yeah. The first big major thing to happen though is Will sort of has that another one of those episodes where he sees himself in the upside down again mm-hmm. and he doesn't know if it's like a dream or is he really there or what. He walks outside the arcade and he can see is this the first time he sees the shadow sees monster the, in the distance? Like a fraction of it kind yeah. of like it's standing like just standing there yeah the, the the shadow monster. and then he sort of just snaps out of it and yeah. probably doesn't really think much about it so that that's that's it for the kids at this point so let's talk about some of our other heroes we have nancy and steve mm-hmm. uh they're hanging out in steve's car they've been dating this whole time you can tell they've been together for a while because they're a lot more comfortable with one another mm-hmm. nancy's a lot less awkward and you know they're joking around a little bit more because they're past that awkward stage Steve is showing her uh, like an essay that he wrote, and she's trying to kind of critique it for him. Yeah, he's and trying I, to get into college. I put a note. Steve is a bad writer because he wasn't in Mr. Davis's class. Um <laughs> 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 So, yeah, uh, that's them. And who else? Who else are we missing? The adults. So yeah. Hopper, which we'll get to him in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hopper is living out in the cabin taking care of Eleven, which yeah. we don't find out till the end of the episode. And... Joyce. Both of us love Joyce. Yes. She's got a new man in her life. It's Sean Astin. I'm I'm so oh, excited whoa. to she to be be, 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 be <laughs> to see Sean Astin straight from from Mount Doom and the Shire yeah. to making out in a closet with Winona Ryder. Indiana. You know what? Go for it. Well, uh, and he was you know he was such an icon in the '80s as it is. You know, with the Goonies and Rudy and all that. So I mean, why not add him to the cast? Because yeah. he he adds that '80s feel. Mm-hmm. You know, he just really embodies the 80s. So, uh, I loved that they had him. I love Bob Newby. <laughs> and I Me love too. that he's with Joyce. Me too. Uh, Jonathan, uh, Will's brother, uh, it's also like Joyce, very protective mm-hmm. of Will. There's this scene where they're going to have movie night at home with Bob and Joyce and Jonathan gets all these movies and I noticed that every single one of those tapes were PG movies. Yes. Man, Will's a 13-year-old kid. He doesn't want to watch PG movies, okay? And then right after that, he goes off about how everybody's babying him and yeah. they won't let him breathe and all that. And everybody looks at him like a freak. Yeah. And uh, I love what his brother Jonathan says to him. He's like, well, you are a freak, but so am I. Yeah. Do why you does really no- want to be normal? Why does nobody like Jonathan? I um, think he's cool. He likes... Well, that's the thing. It's like when he's around people, there's almost, he puts up this wall, this quiet, yeah. silent wall, and... I think in season one, Nancy kind of called it out, like, you know, you put up this wall and this, you know, you you act like you're better than the common rabble, you know, walking around being artistic and quiet, 
and yeah. you know suffering alone he's pretentious and all that. And, and, pretentious. All that. and she's like, "There's that's pretentious well, to do that." I think he's a good guy. He, he likes is. the Clash, so I think oh, he's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and they have their movie night, you know, or whatever. And I put a note here that I can't tell if Joyce is actually interested in Bob or not. Or is she interested in the safety? Yeah, he's comfortable, right? He's just not... He's just Bob, right? Yeah, he's you know, just Bob. I just mean, he Bob. Went, they went to school together, and he was the nerd who was picked on. Yeah. And she was, I guess, the cheerleader, popular girl. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, he even says, I get to date Joyce Byers. Yeah. You know, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, Bob's a great guy. I do. He's Ladies, find great. yourself a Bob. Yes. For sure. And uh, so, at the very end of the episode, the, the, the best moment, I think, Hopper walks in, and you can tell he's talking to somebody. You don't know if he's got a lady in there or what. Well, he sort of does. Yeah. Uh, but not in that way. You walk in, and there's Elevenson there. And, they, and I love, I love, 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 love the Hopper relationship. relationship. Um, And it's like this moment that hits you. You're just like, wait, what? Yeah. Because um, we thought she was yeah, cause dead. dead. We thought she was dead. So you're just like, uh, explain, please. And you're like, oh, okay, well, we will explain. <laughs> That's what season two is about to do to you. But and it's it's a great setup because it, it not only introduces, and it, we also get to meet Max's brother. Billy. The, Billy, the very, very masculine. Does he show up in toxic episode one? masculinity. Um well, we'll we'll talk yeah. we'll talk more about him in a minute. Yeah, but that that's really it for episode one. Uh, you know, establishing stuff like that. Right. Chapter two: Trick or Treat Freak. Mm. This, that's a Halloween. mean title. Uh, so it picks up sort of where season one left off, and this is Eleven's part of the story: how she ended up where she is. She's on the run. She makes her way out of the Upside Down, and all these government people are looking for her, and they tell all the people who knew her, oh, she's like a Russian spy or something yeah, like dangerous. that. So they'll keep away from her. So she has to stay hidden and, and stay on the run and everything, and of course we know she meets up with Hopper, and Hopper takes her in and takes care of her, and I think that's definitely deeply rooted in the fact that you know he lost he his lost daughter. He lost his kid, and, and his he, wife divorced him. And right. He you know, it's perfect. And that scene where he takes her to the cabin to clean it up and he plays on plays Jim Croce. Yeah. And, you know, he's just dancing around. You can see a completely different side of Hopper yeah. while they're cleaning the Hopper's cabin. Hopper's a great dad. He really is. A great dad. I actually learned a lot from him because yeah. there's he broke a promise to her or whatever and she's mad and she's staying in her room and he's like, okay, I'm going to eat all this candy by yeah, myself. So by myself. when Emma's older and she gets she gets hateful and sassy with me and she's mad at me for something I've done, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm just going to sit out here and eat all this candy. So. <laughs> I'm going to get fat yeah. alone. <laughs> um, I, but I love that relationship between Hopper and Eleven because they're both so strong-willed and they have yeah. some some serious arguments. Uh, yeah. And every time it ends with Eleven running in a room and like force slamming the door yeah. shut. I love that. One really important thing about their relationship is they they talk about you know promises. Every time he says, I promise, that's like a sacred, solemn thing to Eleven. Friends don't lie, right? Yeah. Friends of course, don't lie. that's what brings on some of the conflict in their relationship. Because he, he's not lying just to he's tell just, her lies. He's trying to protect her, right? He's got I mean, you know, he's the sheriff of the town. He's also, we find out, you know, that he's been kind of playing ball. With the group at Hawkins Lab, yeah, 
And, you know, they're not bad guys per se anymore. It's uh, Paul Reiser took over as the head scientist, and he's the good guy mm-hmm. scientist at Hawkins Lab. And again, an 80s icon, Paul Reiser. Uh, he had a show, and he was also in the Alien sequel, Aliens. Um, but, you know, you learn that he's single handedly trying to keep Hawkins going. And reeling from what happened last year and, you know, trying to keep it quiet and trying to make sure everything's safe. Right. So he's not a bad dude at all. No, he's not. I wrote something down here for us that we need to talk about. We have got to have Millie Bobby Brown, 11. We've got to have her in the MCU as something. I don't know what. I don't know when. But it's got to happen. Man, Man, that kid. All of those kids. I mean, uh, maybe when she's older she can play like Psylocke or something maybe. I don't know, Psylocke may be too mm-hmm. similar to Eleven. I don't know, but I wanted to do... I would be happy for any of those kids to be in the MCU. Sadie could be Jean. Who's Sadie? Max? Max. Yeah? She'd be a good sure. Jean. They're still a little young, but well, maybe... I mean, they're by, all very young. Maybe by the time that uh, MCU gets rolling with X-Men and stuff like that, maybe there's a place for some yeah. of them. She but. could be... Lord, I don't know who she'd be good as. Psylocke was just the first thing that came to mind, so... Um, all right, so it's it's Halloween in this episode, and the kids are all getting ready for Halloween. And, and they're dressed up as a Ghostbuster. Yeah, and I got jealous because if you remember from way back to episode one of, of our show, <laughs> my mother dressed me as a tree for Halloween. <laughs> it was great. We still need to get that picture. I'm working on it. I can't find it. Uh, but hey, Maybe it's out there. it one day. I could have. I don't know. I was pretty mad about it. I was pretty sore for a long time. <laughs> So they're all having fun on Halloween, and of course, uh, Will has his encounter with the. He sees another little sees glimpse the of again. the shadow monster. Trick or treating. Yeah, and so we mentioned earlier Billy. Billy's like the new human uh, antagonist on the show, and my first thing is that I wrote about him is this Billy dude is a psycho. Uh, Dude's yeah. crazy. Yeah. What are you so mad about? What's Full on psychopath. Calm down there, hair. You know? Yeah. Calm it down, hair. Goodness. Yeah, he was the and he was the Red Power Ranger. He was and in that, was that terrible, terrible <laughs> reboot of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh Rangers. man. Yeah, they're probably going to do another one. No, oh, I read that somewhere. Just stop. Yeah. So uh, he's a jerk. I put again. I hate Billy. <laughs> so I really did not like that guy, which means he's doing a good job. Um, I put. Some of the extras at the party are really bad dancers. I guess the high school kids had a big Halloween party and Nancy got all drunk. And there are these extras in the background and they're like, they're trying to dance and it looks so awkward. tell who they're dressed as? No. Steve and... I couldn't either. Are they dressed up? They're dressed up. Like, I want to say that Steve is Jack Nicholson by the looks of it. I don't know. The middle school kids are no fun because, you know, Will and all them dress up as Ghostbusters and walk <laughs> into school. They're the only people and dressed... no one else. Well, and that was a nightmare. I mean, you met... You, the days that, you know, it wasn't ridiculous and you could dress up and go to school on Halloween when we were kids. You know, nowadays, that's... You can't do that. Those kids are lame, man. Um, but that was always a fear of mine when I was in elementary school. Like, okay, they're letting you dress up. You know, schools on Halloween, and I was like, "Oh my God, what if I'm the that only?" That was never a problem for me. The only person we all up? always did it. Um, <laughs> back to Bob and Joyce. I have Bob likes Kenny Rogers. He's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I love Kenny Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hopper messed up and forgot his daddy date night with Eleven, so mm-hmm. she's not happy about that because he promised. He did promise. And well, he was investigating some poison pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing that's going on here is that Mad Max, uh, the the girl that beat all their scores on the arcade games. We said earlier, Dustin and Lucas are kind of fighting over a little bit, and they're all interested in inviting her to join their party and. Mike Mike doesn't Ooh. like it too much when Mike everybody wants to bring a girl into the party. I guess he forgot yeah, how it was he when he was like, that was. "Hey guys, here's Eleven. She's gonna be part of the group now." And everyone was like, eh, "I'm not so yeah. sure about it." And he's and now oh, he's being a jerk to her. Yeah. So I put it really sucks to be Will. I don't know why. Something must have happened to Will. I guess they were the mean kids were picking on him. Oh, yeah, and he had a Halloween freak. He had another uh, another encounter in the Upside Down. If you notice, though, each encounter he's having, it's like the shadow monster's getting closer to him. Yeah. Like, first he was in the distance, and then he was a little closer. And now, it's like right there and trying to get to him mm-hmm. before Mike kind of shakes him out of it, yeah. out of the vision. So it really does suck to be Will. This, everything yeah. happens to this kid, man. <laughs> Poor kid. Maybe uh, it's his haircut. It... <laughs> um, after the big high school party... Uh, Jonathan came, even though nobody invited him and nobody likes him. He came, I, th- I think he's trying to be protective of Nancy, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? And we're sort of, we saw a lot in season one of the, they clearly like each other yeah, they and they're feelings. awkward and stuff it's like hidden. that. Uh, but Nancy gets like wrecked drunk yes. and he he's a gentleman. I mean, he takes care well, of her. I mean, and Steve even says, you take care of her. Yeah. You know, because Steve's trying to be the boyfriend. And she's just, you know, it's all crap. It's a, yeah. And she's, we're acting BS, like we love BS. each other. And he's like, yeah. wait, acting? Poor Steve. I know, poor Steve. And he leaves and he looks at Jonathan and says, you know, you take care of her. Yeah. And and he does. You know, he, he takes her home. Ladies, find yourself a fellow like Jonathan. He's a solid dude. If you can't get a Bob, get a Jonathan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's all I got to say about that. Uh, well, I think one of my favorite parts of the season is at the end of this episode. Dustin's coming home from from Halloween shenanigans, and he hears something rattling around in his trash can, and he's got his Ghostbusters gun, and he holds it up. I'm like, Dustin, what are you what are you what planning are you to do, do with the vacuum cleaner? What are you planning brother? to do with your plastic gun there? Yeah. <laughs> so he opens up the trash can, and it ends with holy, and it stops. Episode done. Like. Again, Duffer Brothers hooking you line and seeker. Yeah. It's brilliant. Because you got to find out what's in the trash can. And then that takes us on to Chapter 3, the Pollywog. Uh, starts out with Dustin, of course. Man, Dustin is slick, boy. He is so smooth. Like, he's able to sweet-talk his mom, and she thinks something's wrong. He's like, no, no, it's cool. And he, I built it to look real. Yeah, yeah. and, and he, there's a part where he's talking to the librarian he wants to get a bunch of books about little lizards and stuff because he finds the little polywog little thing in the trash can and he's trying to find out about it he thinks maybe he's discovered this new species and librarian's like oh no you have five books out and that's the limit and he somehow gets away with it and he gets five more so he's slick son um he decides to make this little crazy-looking slug monster. You should know, man. You were there for season one. You should know better than to pick up these strange little creatures creatures, and try to make them a pet. <laughs> and he even takes the thing to school. What's he thinking? I know. Uh, uh, well, you know, anytime something comes up, their mentality is always like, talk to the party. 
Yeah. Bring the party. That's in true. There. And plus, they're all dying for knowledge nerds. You know, they're science geeks. And so he just knew that the party would know what to do with this new creature he found. Uh, we get a really, really good scene where Bob is trying to connect with Will. They're in the car. And, you know, Will's mentioning the fact that he's having these nightmares and everything where he's seeing that shadow monster. And Bob talks to him about the nightmares he had and how he just stood up to his nightmares. And he said, go away, go away. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that advice works out later. <laughs> well, and about this scene, like, there's somewhat of an it backstory there. Like, Bob's talking about this clown that people had nightmares like about. Mr. Waldo or something Mr. like that. Yeah, and he's like... Because like he's not... He's from, like, this... He's not from Hawk... Like, he was living somewhere else. And Mr. Bilko or something like that. And it just felt very It. You know, very like the movie It. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bob's basically trying to be this parental figure. You know, tell him to just stand up to it, man. Tell it to go away, I said. I told him to go away, and I yeah. never saw the clown again. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I wish that worked, because yeah. I've been trying to tell clowns to go away for years. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we move on to seeing more Hopper and Eleven, which I'm definitely okay with. Uh, Hop, We talked earlier about he was playing Jim Croce for her while they're getting her, her cabin set up. and So he's teaching her good music, and he teaches her Morse code so they can yes. communicate. Uh, without speaking. Teaches her how to make traps. He talks about all the rules she needs to follow, and we see her break every single one of them. Yep. Uh, moving back to uh, Joyce, she she finds out that, you know, she just has that, that instinct. She knows something's going on with Will. So she's looking at the, at the camera. They had the video camera for Halloween, and she's able to stop it at the right moment and see the outline of the shadow monster yes. up in the background and she sees a picture that will drew of it and she's like okay here we go something's again going on something's going on Can we so. just talk about the size of that video camera lord have good mercy. lord video it was on his shoulder and everything 1984 man <laughs> um another thing we should have mentioned a minute ago 11's when she's breaking these rules because she wants to go see mike, mike you know and she gets to school where she knows he'll be but we see max is in there and she's on her skateboard rolling around will and eleven's like oh no this girl's moving in oh, on my honey. man so she knocks knocks max right she off does of that a little thing. head tilt and yeah. knocks her off with the force power yeah and then of course the episode ends another great uh cliffhanger will is trying to stand up to the monster go away go away and it like I don't even know how to describe it. It possesses. It possesses him. Yeah, yeah it, it like enters enters his, his body. body, and I'm like, yeah, thanks, thanks for all your great thanks, advice, Bob. Bob. <laughs> thanks for nothing, Bob. It just pissed it off even more. <laughs> that takes us to chapter four. Will the wise? Uh, I don't really have a lot on this one. Uh, it starts out, you know, we we saw Will getting uh, possessed by the shadow monster, and I put, as my grandma would say. Will is having a spell here. He's like <laughs> freaking out and twitching, and you know this is obviously an uncomfortable yeah. thing. Uh, so Joyce again knows that something's going on. Will is terrified. I put th- this is a great scene with Joyce and Will. You know, terrific acting. I really believe that Will is terrified. And possessed. All the I things mean, he's, he's seen. Yeah, seizuring and and Joyce is like desperate to help her son at his, in his face. Could you imagine how helpless she must feel, though? Because oh they gosh. don't know what's going on. 
you know? So anyway. And, and all this happened, you know, because he got distracted from, they were trying to find, I think Dustin named it Dart, named the polywog Dart. Yes, he did. And they were trying to chase it around the school, and Will got distracted by the Upside Down. Right. And this, and that's what brought him into the field to get possessed. And that's right. Dart's growing quick. Yeah. He's starting to grow quick. So they're they're getting to the point where they're kind of thinking, there's probably something going on with Dart that is yeah. not good, right? Yeah, because I think it was Will that reacted to the sound he made. Mm-hmm. Because he had heard it before in the Upside Down. And, ironically, he pukes up a slug at the end of last mm-hmm. year, and Dart shows up not too long after that. Yeah. They're like, did I just throw Dart up? Well, <laughs> you know? So they kind of come to the conclusion, like, maybe Dart's from the Upside Down, and then... He goes, uh, Dustin goes home where Dart's supposed to be in the turtle tank. Yeah. And he's busted it all up and he has eaten poor Muse the cat. Muse Muse is old news, man. Yeah. He or she is is done. Gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. That's right, meow. Dart is like a baby demogorgon or something like that. Yes. So maybe it wasn't such a good idea to. To be in Hawkins and to find a little monster and try to keep it as a pet. Lesson learned. Noted, right? And that's that's really about it. Other, there's some stuff with Eleven, like she goes to see Mama. Yeah. And her poor mom is in this catatonic state. She's in this trance, breathe, rainbow, 450, yeah, through the right. She's saying it whatever. all over. She's mm-hmm. relieving. Nobody knows what any of that stuff means. Can you, can you explain the thing again to me about, like, when Eleven is floating in the water? Um, it's like a, she's able to let go of all of her inhibitions, basically, and enter this. The all-black area where she's walking in water mm-hmm. isn't the upside-down. It's like a hallway. Sure. The upside-down is one door she's entered before. Yeah. The upside-down is just, like like they said in Season 1, the Shadowverse, the Nether Realm. So are there potentially other dimensions yes, that she can get to? I think there are potentially to? other dimensions. It's kind of like, you know, we mentioned the Matrix earlier, you know, when Neo's walking down that hallway, and he's like, you'll know the door when you see it. Yeah. And it, different doors in that hallway takes him to different locations of the Matrix. Well, it's kind of like that. Like, she's in the, you know, when she was with Brenner, she was in that hallway with all black that purgatory-esque area trying to spy on the russians yeah and that's how she saw the demogorgon she contacted the upside down um so that's her she's trying to find her mom in that area because she's basically died guess i guess realized that that's where she's stuck Mm -hmm. her she's also like 11 she they you know, messed with her in a lab and all that and using LSD and she's stuck in this hallway basically in this purgatory in her mind and Eleven goes to that area to find her. Right. Thank you. Because I, that, some of the stuff with Eleven and how her powers work I've never really been too clear on. Um, the episode of course ends Hopper, uh, the great detective that he is, he's he's found these tunnels because they figured out, I guess it was Bob that figured out Will was drawing all these pictures of these vines and Joyce was able to put them all together and she put them up on the walls and everything and they figured out, oh, it's like a map and it's leading to something. And so Hopper discovers there's tunnels underneath Hawkins and he gets trapped down there and that's how we end the episode. Yeah, we end the episode with him being like, taking over by the vines. Very very like like Harry Potter whenever they're uh, going after the... Devil's Snare, Yes, Devil's Snare. Yeah. 
And then we're in chapter five, Dig Dug. We've, we've sort of blended chapter four and five together, I think, a little bit here, but that's okay. Um, so Bob comes to the house to look at all the pictures that Will's mm-hmm. put up. Why is it that every time Will has an episode, Joyce's house gets destroyed? Have you noticed this? <laughs> the Christmas lights. Christmas lights. The wall. And all that. And now there's roots all over the place. And yeah. Like, Bob walks in with these puzzle games trying to make Will feel better. And there's this funny scene where he's like, huh. Yeah. Just, ooh. Uh, is this like an art project? Or, and uh, so basically Bob, and, and as we all know, Bob played, Sean Astin played Mike in The Goonies. Yeah. And it was all about finding the pirate treasure. By, left over by one eye Willie, and uh, they even add this little Easter egg line where he's like, um, "What's at the X? Treasure? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and just a little fun little Goonies plug for sure line." And he's who figures it out. He's like, "You know, these are vines. These are roots. These are tunnels. They're not going in water. They're going around water. This is Hawkins. I know where this is." Yeah, and. Uh, Will's like that's where Hopper is. Yeah, and then they go to rescue him, yes. of course, and they like the people from the lab come and they're gonna torch the these tunnels and yes. all these mind stuff. And then we learn that because Will is possessed by the shadow monster for some reason, there's a connection there, and anything that hurts the shadow monster hurts him as well. Yes, I mean he so, breaks out in this yeah. scream and this seizure, and it's terrifying. Really complicated. Great performance things. too. Oh yeah, I mean this kid is. They're all, all rock stars, I mean, man. they're fantastic. And then we're into chapter six, and uh, this is the spy. And a lot of this episode takes place at the lab. Sure. Um, this is after, you know, Will has collapsed, and they've tried to burn the the vines, basically, and they're all getting checked out, and Hopper's getting this pressure-washing bath. And, and you know, you always see that in those biohazard-type uh, situations in movies. Um so basically what Paul Reiser's character, the doctor, has come up with is there he's like, Well, you know, it's like a virus. It's a connection to it. You know, you hurt the the vines, you know, you hurt these, you hurt Will. Um, and Joyce is like, So what are we gonna do? We don't know. Yeah. You know, and she's Tough like spot no. to be in. You're and she gives another killer performance, she's like, You're the best that there is to offer in this. You won't let us go anywhere else. Well, it's You're not... trying to tell me that... Yeah. You were trying to tell me for days it's in his head. I totally understand like where her anguish and frustration is coming from, but it's not like there's a whole lot of experts on the upside down out there. Yeah, I think exactly. Eleven would be the closest one you get. The closest expert. Uh, I put a note here. Who doesn't love Steve and Dustin? They're all oh my God. hunting Demogorgons together. What a way to bond. This is my favorite relationship. I mean, I'm Me here too. for that relationship. Yeah. Um, when they're walking on the train tracks, and um, you know, Steve's trying to give him pointers about the girl. Yeah, and and it's kind of ironic that Steve is giving Dustin pointers on ladies because uh, it's not really working out too great for him because <laughs> his lady is off with another dude, and they've they're they've become up with this own plan of, you know throwing the labs under the bus. They've recorded conversations and they're taking it to Murray. Murray, who's a great character, you know, that conspiracy theorist who's fi- trying to find Barb, basically. Yeah. And so you've got 
them doing that and Stephen and Dustin together, and he's giving him all these pointers, and you know the he's like, okay, I'm gonna tell you a secret about the hair, and if you tell anyone, I'll kill you. <laughs> the Farrah Fawcett, Fawcett hairspray, <laughs> you know, not wet, damp. Yeah, when it's damp. What I was gonna say though was like. How's this advice working out for you, Steve? Because yeah. his lady's off with another with dude, the and they she truly cares about. They, you know, spent the evening together. Yes, we as we see. And that back and forth with Murray and Jonathan and it's, is is hilarious. Yeah, it's a great scene. Um, great scene. Uh, I put here that I would I want to play a Steve in a Stranger Things video game. That scene where they're all like they're barricading the bus and they're getting yeah. ready for the Demogorgon, Demogorgons to come come get them. Um, man, he had some some slick moves there. Yeah. He's pretty good sliding over like Bo or Luke Duke over the hood, smashing yeah. people with smashing these demo dogs, as Dustin calls them, with his nail bat. Um, I mean, Steve's awesome. Yeah, I mean, love Steve. It, it's and that's just a really cool like like you said video game moment. Just barricaded down, you know, the demodogs attack, and we find out that something draws them away from them. And what that is is it's uh, it's Will, mm-hmm. because he this entire time he's been acting like Will, but he's not Will. The yeah, mind flayer has totally gotten, taken over. He get, he kind of gets sassy with yeah. with his mom, and, and he can't recognize he can't some people. people. And that's when Mike goes, oh my gosh, he's a spy. Yeah. He's a spy. He's spying on us. He's tricking every one of us. They're coming for us. Do you remember, like, they sent a bunch of the random lab people down in through the gate? Mm-hmm. And why were they going back down there? They're trying to, uh, well, they're trying to slow burn it, first mm-hmm. of all, and they're trying to close it. They don't know how. Mm-hmm. But kind of like to save itself, you know, they burn the gate, the original gate. That from season one that you see throughout season two, you know, just that one door. Well, to save itself, the doorway has started burying under Hawkins. So oh. it's this long, huge riff, basically. And well, and so they're trying to control it. It sure But it's developed out. its own ecosystem. You know, when unknown and unnamed dudes in hazmat suits walk into anything, <laughs> it, doesn't it, end it well. never ends well. Not once... Not ever. Like, if I was hazmat guy number one, and the doctor said, well, we need you to do this, I'd be like, no. Man, I've I'm, seen these movies. I'm three days from retirement. <laughs> I've uh, got kids, man. No. Yet another great cliffhanger when we see the, the Demogorgon's claw kind of coming up over the gate. Yes, and Hopper's on the, the other side with the doctor on the other side of the window, and just... To black, and unfortunately, we don't get to see what happens until after the next episode. Yeah, and the next episode, of course, is uh, chapter seven. The lost sister Eleven has sort of figured out the message that her mom was trying. To, her mom was they gave her this shock therapy, so she lost all her memories, and she's just basically a vegetable sitting there, yeah. other than those few words that she can mutter. And we find out that those are clues because she wants Eleven to find other kids other like kids. her. So she goes off to... Uh, Boston. Chicago. Chicago, sorry. Chicago. Uh, are we supposed to call Eleven Jane now, or is Eleven still um, acceptable? I mean, I Eleven know. is what everybody calls her. I mean, the only person who calls her Jane is, you know, the aunt. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, Jane is her real name, but, I mean, she's still Eleven. 
but the the scenes in Chicago, you know, her first time really seeing the big city. Yeah. And she <laughs> I was really uncomfortable at first. I was like, Eleven is all alone in the city and the dad in me is really worried about her. She's and, walking down this dirty yeah. street with all these homeless people like, and then I rem- talking to themselves. I remember that she's basically Jean Grey and she can yeah. take like remember that dude like said like watch where you're going kid and she's like mouth breather mouth breather yeah love her there's some crazy dude screaming they're all dead they're all dead like is he supposed to be crazy or did he take some really bad drugs or what or know, both man. I don't know so she's in this rough part of town and of course Eleven runs into uh, number Kali's eight group. Kali's group and uh, they look rough. Uh, There's Axel with the mohawk. Mm-hmm. Loves knives, hates spiders. <laughs> and, of course, we see number eight, Kali, walk out. And they immediately, once they figure out who you know the other is, they have this warm embrace. And they automatically connect. Because they're the only ones who can truly relate to one another. Yeah. As far as we know, there may be others out there, but they're the only ones... That we know of. Yeah, I mean, technically, it's kind of led to believe that Eleven was the last of the experiments. The others kind of got away, or... Or worse. Worse. Um, but Eight and Eleven are meant to make you feel like they're the last two. Right. But you never know. I mean, there's and more seasons. After the, the two of them sort of connect, and, you know, we see their relationship start to develop, now we see her group of friends in sort of a, a lighter tone, a lighter environment. It's like... You know, they're not so bad. To people, yeah. They're just outcast. Oh, but they're also murderers. They're like, yeah, yeah we just we go around and we kill people who we think. We yeah, think they hunt down it. Hawkins Lab people and get their own, I guess, vigilante justice. Yeah, uh, by killing them, and they actually recruit Eleven to find one of them. And this guy's actually a pretty big actor. He's been in a few things. Uh, big guy, bald guy. Uh, they track him down, and we find we hear him say something. And while, you know, she's force choking him, and they're at his house, and they're threatening to kill oh, that's him. that's Ray. Yeah, Ray. They're threatening to kill Ray. Um, he says, I can tell you where Brenner's at. And she says, Papa's dead. And he goes, no, no, he's not. Mm-hmm. And that gives us that, oh, my gosh. So that could come back into play. Yes. Um, didn't you, what, what was she doing to that guy? Force choking. Oh, you mean like Star Wars? Like Star Wars. So you mean like they're recycling an old idea? <laughs> kind of yeah. like. Kind of I mean, like they what are. I Disney mean, they're does? recycling everything. Yeah. And uh, of course, eight. Even though I think she's a bad influence, because they start robbing stores, and then you know, whatever they give her a clothes. They give her this and... weird, you know, makeover and everything like that. But she also teaches Eleven how to strengthen her powers by yeah. channeling her anger. And at first, when she's trying to, you know, practice, she all of her anger is about Hopper because Hopper lied about. You know, she's like, you know, my mama. Where's my mama? And he says, well, she's gone. Yeah. From a certain point of view, he's she telling is, the yeah. truth. I mean, she is gone. That's the thing that puts Hopper in a really bad position because do you tell her the truth? Is she old enough to understand? Can she handle that? Because she's already been through a lot. Well, or, and not only that, she's raised in a lab. Her yeah. social awkwardness is, even if she were like 25 years old, the way she was raised, she wouldn't be able to grasp like, okay, this is normal. She's and I think not she really also there. understands like, Bad things happen to people. Yeah. Because she's experienced she's it. Lived she's seen it. Yeah. it. So, I don't know. If you're Hopper, do you say, look, kid, 
I'm going to go ahead and tell you the truth and save you she's, the grief. She's out of her mind. This is what's happened. But is it? does he do that because he doesn't want her running off trying to find her and... Save her. Yeah. So, tough stuff. I mean, tough he's doing the in. fatherly thing. He's protecting her. Yeah. So, you know, we get Eleven's new style, her slicked back hair and her new clothes for her rebellious stage and everything. And we see that the group, they're getting ready to go off to go to Ray's house that we've already talked about. And they're playing that song Cherry Bomb, you know? Which is in, uh, uh, it's a Marvel movie. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Very good. Very um, good. It's very, uh, misfit oriented. Yeah. It's a very misfit driven song. Did Did you notice that one of the, the girl with the big hair in the group, she was like carrying a fly swat around? No. Yeah. Go back and look. Like they're running away because, I don't know, I guess the cops or somebody show up when they're at Ray's house because they're like, they decide. They figure out Ray has kids. Yeah. Oh well, Eleven decides to show mercy because he has a family and and all that, and so they're running away before the cops show up or whatever. And the chick with the really big hair, she's carrying this fly swat around. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do with that, lady? There's an insanity to that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think it's fair that eight can use her voodoo on Eleven because she sh- she showed him Brenner. Yeah. That's not cool, man. It's really not. And I think it showed the the depths that Kylie will go to to finish her, her mission. Well, She'll... that... And I think she does genuinely care for Eleven, of course. And I think she's trying to say, hey, I tried to run and they never stopped hunting me. They're never going to stop hunting you. Just stay with me. Strengthen numbers. You know, it's the way yeah, to go. Yeah, we'll, we'll finish them. Yeah. We'll slowly track them all down and we'll finish them all. Chapter 8, The Mind Flare. Uh, this is picking up where Chapter 6 left off. We saw mm-hmm. the the claw, the Demogorgon, com- coming up into the, the lab. All these Demogorgons are coming. It's crazy, chaotic. Um, they decide they're going to, they need to go turn the power on or something so they can get out. Because they want to yeah. take, they want to take Will somewhere Away else. from the lab. Right, because like you said, they figured out he's a spy. And Bob volunteers to be the hero. He says, I'll, because, I'll do it. Well, I mean, there's that whole funny scene where, like, okay, Hopper's trying to be the hero, and he's like, all right, I'll just go reset the power. And he's like, oh, really, Jim? Do you speak binary? Yeah. And he's like, okay, uh, yeah, just teach me. Okay, how about I teach you basic, too? Do you even <laughs> nerd, bro? Do you even nerd, Hopper? So and so Bob has to be the one to go reset the computers because he, he's the nerd. He says, Bob Newbie superhero it's like yeah this should turn out all right yeah this is gonna go good and then so he goes and he he does what he's supposed to do and i'm like bob you stupid idiot you forgot your gun man that the minute might have saved the minute the camera pans and you realize he forgot the gun you're like bad gummit bob stupid you take one step forward and you take two steps back. And of course, poor Bob doesn't make it. The Demogorgons eat him. They brutalize him. But hey, you know what? On the bright side, Joyce is pretty devastated about it. So I guess she did really like him. Yeah. You know. I mean, she did. I think she did love him. Yeah. Uh, and I think in him, she saw a way out. Maybe a normalcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibility of, you know, because he had even talked to her about leaving Hawkins. And... And you know what? If Bob had survived, she might have left with him. She might have. You know? and But, hey, if if Bob had lived, there may not have been a Stranger Things Season 3. That's true. I mean, because like, he was like, move up to Maine with me. 
And I'm sitting there, a Stephen King fan, like, oh, that's not a good idea. Oh, yeah, that's Rain true. sucks, too, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, the, the kids have kind of figured out that, similar to season one, they figured out what the Demogorgon was because of uh, something in their D&D books. They decide that the Shadow Monster is like the Mind Flayer from D&D, and it's like the big brain monster. It controls yeah. all the other monsters. The and hive like, monster. Yeah. Um, and that, of course, is what's possessing Will. Mm-hmm. And they, they're able to get through to him, to the real Will, and he communicates to him by like tapping out like some Morse code. Yeah. He says, close gate. Close so gate. He wants them to go back and close the gate where all the monsters yeah. are trying to come through from, which is why... Why didn't they think of that to yeah. begin with? Um, of course, I guess they don't know how to close it. Well, yeah, they don't. Uh, and the only person that could that they think could do it, Hopper's the only person who knows she's alive. Mm-hmm. They still don't know that Eleven is alive. Till she until, like, makes her way back. They in. get through to him, and but at the same time, like the phone rings, which triggers Will to then send to the Demodogs, you know. I know where I'm at. Come right. get me. Right. And so they're all like huddled up, very zombie movie, very Left for Dead style. They're all huddled up in the living room waiting for the Demodogs to come in. And like he gives the rifle to Nancy because she can shoot and Jonathan can't. And you know, Steve's got his bat and like Hopper's got a gun and like they're just, they're ready to fight. And then all of a sudden you hear a bunch of commotion outside. And then the door unlatches. And it's probably the most amazing entrance in TV history. Slow-mo 80s walk, 11 walks into the cabin. And it's just, it's fantastic. Okay, that finally brings us to Chapter 9, The Gate. And I have a question here, because I think there's something I missed. There's this scene where they're they're at Joyce's house, and... um, it's Steve and Dustin, and they're like putting a dead Demogorgon into Joyce's fridge. Yeah. Where did that thing come from? That's the Demodog that Eleven killed on her way into the house. Oh, okay. Because you hear like you hear it growling outside, then you hear woof, woof. <laughs> okay, I must have missed That's the, the sound kills. effects. She kills it and throws it through the window. And th- they're like, you know, you gotta explain to Miss Byers while we're putting this in the fridge. It's like, it's a new species, man. Just chill. Yeah. So they're all basically trying to have an exorcism for Will here and, and burn the, the shadow monster out of him. And uh, it's craziness. They don't know what yeah. to do because he's freaking out. And uh, some of the other kids are off in the tunnels trying yeah. to distract the Demogorgons from, from the lab. Well, and before they get to that, you get a big Billy scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he finally shows up at the at the buyer's house. and Oh, and before that, he goes to... He goes to... Whip, hits on Mike's mom. Mike's house, and there's Mike's mom enjoying her bath, and her husband's asleep. And, and she's looking pretty. She is. And he's just flirting up a storm with her. Because she, she's reading a, a 80s romantic novel oh, that yeah. has, like, his lookalike, basically, on the novel cover. And she's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. here he is. And... So he beats the holy crap out of Steve at yeah. the house. Like, poor Steve, like, he cannot stand up for himself. Like, you know, Jonathan beats him up in season one. The best friend threatens him. Billy beats him up in season two. And Steve just can't fight. How was he the king of this school if he can't fight? And you have this really cool, when she, he's beating the crap out of Steve, Max stabs him with a syringe and injects him with that 
uh, medicine that makes you pass out. Tranquilizer. Yeah, or tranquilizer basically, and they take off in his hot rod. She's the zoomer. Well, but before that, like Max took Steve's ball bat with the nails in it, yeah. and she slams it down right between the legs. Uh, Billy's legs, almost hitting him right there in the danger zone. Yes, she's like, "Hey, man, don't mess around with me anymore. Yeah, there's going to be more Stay of this. away from me and my and friends." He says, "Okay, I get it," and he okay. passes out, and that's the last we see of him. <laughs> thankfully, because I can't stand him. <laughs> well, he's a he's tool. Doing, he's doing his job. Well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you've got the party, as we call them are in the, the caverns, the roots, or whatever, and they're trying to cause a distraction to get the Demodogs to get away from Hopper and Eleven, who are at the lab to close the gate, all while Joyce is trying to basically heat exercise the shadow flare, the mind flare, out of will. So you right. got three big, exciting adventures going on all at once. And... Mm-hmm. It's done well. So I guess what finally does the trick is when Nancy takes the hot poker and kind of stabs Will with it or yeah. something like that, right? And that causes the monster to come out. Yeah. And I guess it flies back in through the gate. Yeah. Or it something? flies back. It has to automatically go like back to the upside down. Okay. And to try to get out. Yes. Again, okay. completely. Gotcha. Because it could only possess Will in the upside down. It's trying right. to get to our world one way or another. Ah, uh, okay. So then you've got okay. the Demodogs are going after the party. And you have this really cool scene with Dart and Dustin. Yeah. And Dart remembers him and he eats the Three Musketeer and lets him go. And then Eleven and Hopper have this epic scene where they're closing the gate. Hopper's, you know, back to back with her and shooting all the Demodogs with his machine guns and his shotguns and all that. And she's floating like a superhero trying to close the gate eyes go black you know it's just really cool and she really uh finds her her power again channels all her anger into it but this time it's not anger directed at hopper it's directed at papa dr brenner true hate that's where the you know she really needs to focus on but i'll tell you they obviously didn't watch star wars because it's not good to let the hate through well, apparently in this world it is <laughs> uh so she does the job she closes the gate and it seems like happy ending. all our worries are, are we've over. got the it, snowball it is a happy ending except for the fact that we have a funeral for barb finally and we finally get justice for barb uh, rip, i mean i wouldn't say barb. justice but it's something she, at it's least. something at least you know no, no murray, murray leaks the tapes to all the news outlets that yeah and I mean, they shut the lab down. Yes. And uh, the doctor that Hopper and Eleven ended up saving, Paul Reiser's character, makes it, he pulls some strings and legally has Hopper adopt Eleven. Sure. So he's, Eleven's his. Jane is his kid. And now it's the the winter ball, the, the dance, the snowball that they were talking about in season one. Mm-hmm. That Mike was was hinting at eleven, and we get to see it. It's a snowball. great scene, but have you noticed that time after time is like the only eighties slow <laughs> dance song that they ever use in movies ever? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? When you're lost and you Yeah, poor Dustin ha- gets shot down by that girl named Stacy. You know what? Girls named Stacy are the worst. Nobody has ever had one good experience with a girl named Stacy. And I'm sorry if you're listening and your name is Stacy. You're probably the one exception. Or you're not. <laughs> maybe, or, maybe, or maybe you're, you're not. not. Uh-huh. Maybe this is time to look in the mirror, yeah. Stacy. Come on, Stace. <laughs> uh, 
So, but but Nancy ends up dancing with him. Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah. Because Nancy's it kind of cool. plays back to that, and the Duffers are brilliant, plays back to first episode of season one. He offers her the pizza. She shuts the door in his face. And he goes, man, your sister's really changed. And it kind of hints back to that. You know, like, she comes in for the rescue and dances with him. Out, she of, says, out of all my brother's friends, you're my favorite. You're my favorite. favorite. Girls this age are stupid, but don't worry. They grow up. Yeah, especially girls named Stacy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have any experiences with anybody named Stacy. I just didn't like that girl being mean to Dustin, so I'm taking it out on all the Stacys. And you get uh, a look between Nancy and Jonathan. Jonathan's taking the pictures at the mm-hmm, dance. Mm-hmm. And Steve actually drove Dustin. Gave him the TED talk, you know. He Helped did the him with his hair. Uh, he's got the and the the hair looks good, man. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess it looked good for 1984. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't you get the Hopper Joyce moment in the parking lot. Yeah, they've got some history, I think, and they maybe do. a little something brewing there. Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful for that. He talked um, about how they would skip class and share cigarettes yeah, and share stuff. Share cigarettes, so. and that teacher retired. I like how it was very vague. Like it's clear, like. There was something, they had a little bit of history, but they didn't go into yeah. a lot of detail about it. That was all you needed. Well, and it's funny because if you think back to season one, Lonnie, the ex-husband, makes a snide comment about, oh, Hopper still yeah. the, the chief. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, Lonnie, stop. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. So mm-hmm. they all three went to school together, I'm guessing. And But just like the Duffers do so well, it doesn't end there. You know, we've got Eleven and and Mike having their dance and their awkward middle school kiss Kiss. and stuff. (laughs) And um, we see the camera start to tilt and turn upside down. And we see the upside down world once again. And there's the shadow monster just hovering over the school. What a great way to end it. Oh, he's mad. So from from what it seems like from the trailer for season three... He's going to be the monster for that season again as well. I'm guessing right? either him or he finds or Someone there's another creature to, to possess. Maybe yeah. maybe he well, possesses Billy. If you if maybe, maybe. If you watch the trailer there's this weird voice saying like, you know, you let us in, now you have to let us stay and yeah. stuff like that. Like I'm wondering what that is. And do you know that uh Carrie always is in it? Yes, I do know that. Um, I guess he's like a mayor, like a or mayor, or mayor. He brings candidate. the mall. He brings this new futuristic type mall. He's like it's nineteen eighty six or something, eighty five, and he's like, and we got a mall, baby, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then there's this Bushimi, his son, not Bushimi, uh, Gary Busey's son, really plays this creepy role. Oh. He's in the season, and okay. he's, I mean, he's the epitome of the eighties, just like his father. Um, so. Some additions, some casting it, additions, it, and now it looks like uh, Mad Max and Eleven are great friends. Mm-hmm, the they're trailer. sitting there, you know, listening out. to music. Yeah, I think they're girl talk. high school now. They're in high school now. I would imagine so. Uh, Lots of changes and, and things for the I kids. Mean, they're getting older. They are indeed. Uh, but older. the trailer looks great. I'm really excited about it. And we'll it. share it. Uh, after this episode airs, we will share the trailer on our sure. Facebook page. And if you haven't seen it, then... You'll see it there. Yeah, and and definitely we'll give you guys a, a few weeks or so to watch Stranger Things 3, and we'll get together and we'll yeah. talk about Season 3 as well, right? Absolutely, and just like last one, I have 11 unknown facts about Season 2 awesome. of Stranger Things. Let's hear it. So, in the first three days that Season 2 aired, just in the first three days, on average, 8.8 million people binged Season 2 within those three days. Mm-hmm. 
and I was one of them. <laughs> and that that's it's crazy numbers, and it actually like uh, affected Netflix. Like Netflix had to say streaming may be slow for a while. <laughs> you know, they broke Twitter also apparently. Well, and uh, there are worse problems to have. Yeah, I'd say there you is. Know? like hey, this great thing that we've done's broken the internet yeah. and caused <laughs> you know it's affected the way our our service works. Not such a good thing, but at the same time. Awesome thing. We so. broke it. Yes. Yeah. Um, fact, fact two. Dacre Montgomery, who plays Billy, mm -hmm. uh, was created to replace what Steve was supposed to be. Yes, I did know that. Um, and uh, he did it better. <laughs> he was sure a better did. bad guy. Because I love Steve and I hate Billy. So. <laughs> um, speaking of Dacre, his audition tape was him dancing shirtless in a G-string to come on Eileen. Yeah. It's actually on makes, YouTube. Makes perfect sense. It's on YouTube. You can see his audition. And uh, he says in the tape, he's like, I'll either get work or I'll never work again after this audition yeah, tape. For me, that's, that's a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> um, fact, uh, fact three. Millie Bobby Brown uh, in the scene with Papa. That little scene that Kylie created yeah. in uh, Eleven's Mime. Those were real tears. Like... Because of the performance of the guy who plays Brenner and the fact that she had no idea he was coming in in that scene, she thought it was going to be a voice in her head. And then Brenner walks in. That reaction was was. You mean her. they didn't prepare for no, that? No, that reaction was her. And wow. she cried for another 45 minutes after the take, just breaking down, just the emotion of seeing him after everything season one put their characters through. She actually played on that and she's, remembered it. She's going to go on, I'm telling you, to be like a legend, oh, yeah. I think, one day. Yeah. Like, if she does, if she survives being a child oh, star. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, know? I mean, 30 years from now, hopefully, uh, we'll be talking about movies she's doing then, too, I yeah, think. Because she's so. that good. I think so. Um, fact number four. Gaten, who plays Dustin, actually came up with uh, the purr. Mm -hmm. on his own that was his idea you know because they played this whole like his teeth grew in in mm -hmm. season two and so he'd start doing this little and he's like they can't resist these pearly whites man that was gating just playing around and they liked it so they kept it it's pretty funny um millie's hair in the flashbacks in season two when they flash back to shortly after hopper found her mm -hmm. was completely cgi'd okay yeah she was buzzed for 11 and uh for a while and but while they were filming that scene they were like oh man she's supposed to have hair but it's it's shaved right now so they cgi'd that hair that she's wearing uh the mind flare was actually not created and based for this season off of dnd it was created off of hp lovecraft's idea of an interdimensional being interesting that he used to write about okay um which is cool, but they still played D&D &D into it. Um, the Duffers drew from popular 80s movie sequels like Terminator 2 and Aliens to give this season a sequel feel. And I think they succeeded in that. For sure. Uh, Sean Astin and Paul Reiser were reached out to play in season 2 to add that 80s nostalgia because they were both definitely icons in the 80s. Uh, Bob was actually supposed to be killed off way sooner than he was, but his likability... His work ethic and passion for the character of Bob made the Duffers decide to keep him around longer. 
And I'm happy they did. Good choice. (laughs) Yes. And finally, the actors who play Lucas, Dustin, and Max already knew each other from Broadway. Gayton, who plays Dustin, was Gavroche and Les Mis. Caleb, who plays Lucas, was Simba in The Lion King. And Sadie, who plays Max, was Annie on Broadway. So they all grew up in Broadway knowing each other. Um, I think that just helped add the camaraderie on, in the sure. show. Uh, those are your 11 facts, unknown facts about Stranger Things Season 2. And I think that's a wrap on Stranger Things Season 2. Absolutely. And that means that the next time you hear from us, the dreaded day will have come and gone. Oh, no. Me, your, your, your favorite host out of the two of us, we all know it's true. Ugh. I will officially be 30. Officially. We will officially be 30 and nerdy. But you know, on the bright side, I know just the thing that will cheer me up. What? Next week, let's talk about my favorite superhero of all time, who just so happens to have a movie coming out in the next few days. Yes. Let's talk about Spider-Man. It's going to be exciting. Um, It's going to be a great transition into the next... I guess series of mm-hmm. movies. Uh, it's uh, the official end of Phase Four. That's it, the and end. Uh, I think it'll be. A, it, it's it's not so big like Endgame mm-hmm. to be wow, and it's going to be kind of a nice, refreshing. Just yeah. even though it's going to be great, it's also kind of a calm down moment. Seems like it's kind of like the the epilogue of yes. Endgame, right? Yeah, the epilogue. and then we have to wait for a while before we get anything more from the MCU. Yeah, until. D23 tells us what's coming so it's gonna be a long wait but hey you know what I'm really excited to talk about Spider-Man he's my absolute favorite so uh, can't wait to sit down and and do this with you again yeah man and uh, as far as all you guys out there we will catch you later nerds that's right he will not be able to resist these pearls